he still re- reached out. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. All I gotta say. Dance, monkey, dance. This week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? I'm doing just swell. How are you? Good. You're back from the Great White North. I am back from the Great White North after sitting on an airplane for eight hours to go on a two and a half hour flight. So what happened? I saw your post on Facebook. So there were lots of storms across the southeast. Yeah. And because of that, the airport down here in Orlando was closed. They did what they call a ground halt. Okay. Which means nothing taken off, nothing coming in. Okay. And instead of letting us off the plane, they told us that, oh, no, it won't be long. It'll only be about an hour. So, you know, just sit tight, blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah, boy, did we sit tight. So after about an hour, they come back and they say, oh, yeah, so it's probably going to be more like two hours. It's like, all right. At which point they said, now, if you want to get off the plane to use the bathroom or get some food, you can, but you have to come right back. Okay. So it's like, okay. Um, That went on for about an hour, and then they turned off the air conditioning. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then they came back and said, oh, it looks like it's going to be even longer. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so this is all sitting on the ground in Canada. No, this is sitting on the ground in, in New York. Getting oh. out of Canada was easy. Okay. It was easy. I, it was an hour and a half flight. I got upgraded to first class, which doesn't really mean much on an hour and a half flight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, once you got here, it's like, um, that's when shit goes down. And this is the second time I've been stranded at, um, LaGuardia because it happened before in November where there was storm. This time the storms were up over New Jersey and they were watching them for eight hours while I was sitting in the airport (laughs) and then uh, came back and um, they said, yeah, the flight, no flights are getting off tonight and we can't do anything to help you. I see. I don't understand that because like I can, I can understand bringing in planes in a storm is probably dangerous, but I have taken off in some hellacious weather. Yeah, because you're going up and over the clouds. Like even right. if even if it's a rough start of the flight, you're clearing it pretty quickly. One would think. So you know that that's always you know made me shake my head at like when you hear like oh we can't take off. I've taken off in some shit that it was pretty hairy. Right. So I don't understand, but. So did you end up getting off the plane to get like food or whatever? Well, I didn't because I 
I had, well, originally I had less than an hour um, layover. So I grabbed a sandwich at one of the, you know, grab and go places. Right. And, you know, I was going to hold on to until we got in the air and they started, you know, beverage service. And then I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm just having my lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing that really pissed me off is not only did they fail to like do any kind of service while we were screwed. They came around with little cups of water. Would okay. you like some water? Would you like some water? It's like, no, asshole. I think I need more than water at this point. It's been four hours. My ass hurts. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, there's all those stories about how um, flight attendants don't make money until they, they don't start getting paid until the door shuts. So I'm sure if, if we were in that situation and we were, you know, sitting there, we wouldn't want to help the people either. <laughs> well, ain't that great. I mean, I mean, as shitty as that sounds like, like that's the way that airports fucking work is like, yeah, they don't get paid until that door shuts, which is like, they're just being nice. Like in the beginning, right? Like greeting you on the plane, but they don't have to apparently. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to be nice they no. could spit on you they could just ignore you i mean yeah you're you're an adult you should be able to find your own seat no 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 see see this is a flight to orlando <laughs> which means you've got these idiot families who book their flights too late oh. so they're in like five different rows and they've got a three-year-old who's freaking out <laughs> And it's like, you know, your whole fucking family should be thrown off the flight. Yeah. Just just stay the fuck where you are. You don't have, like, noise-canceling headphones or anything? Well, they weren't making noise. It was just the hassle of, oh, would you mind moving? Oh, would you move? Oh, here's a seat here. Oh, it's here. Uh, and, then, and then there were, they oversold the flight by 25 seats. <laughs> but they loaded everybody anyway. How's that work? Well, they figured that because those other people weren't going to make their connecting flight, they would just, you know, put the other people in their seats. But with the delay of 300 hours, <laughs> um, they ended up being horribly oversold. Oh, that's shitty, man. And trying to move people around and... Oh, it's just a shit show. I say this every time I travel, <laughs> but God damn it. Why? <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds fucking terrible, man. Why? Why? Now, they did offer me an upgrade to a middle seat in Comfort Plus, to which I said, hell no. A middle seat? A middle seat. Fuck yes. that. You're next on the upgrade list. Yeah, that's no upgrade, dumbass. <laughs> oh, man. It's great. It's always an adventure. Life, always. Life of a traveler. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm racking up all those frequent flyer miles so I can travel some more. Yeah, there you go. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun. No? Yeah. 
at least I have a job, Chris, in this horrible, horrible situation where, you know, people can't get people to work in restaurants for $5 an hour anymore. <laughs> because they've all brightened up. Yeah, uh, well, I think we need more of that. <laughs> but the sad part is that's not affecting the people who are fucking them over. No. That's affecting the other hourly employees who are getting screamed at. Yeah, it's it's very rare that like a company is going to close down for that. So, no, no. Mm-mm. But I mean, your your next travel thing is going to be longer. So it's going to be a shit show. It doesn't it's not as bad. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We're going to have to wait and see. Okay. Well, hoping hoping going, for the best. Going going over to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Heading towards the trouble. Yes, exactly. Because, <laughs> you know, that's what you do, right? You run towards the danger, not away from it? Sure. No? Sure. If uh, that's what you think. Yeah. Well, at least it was a safe trip back. It was. It was. It was long, I but bet. it was okay. I made it. <laughs> I made it back. And that's all that matters. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. You know, they could have gone out and gotten us all steak dinners in the terminal and brought them back. And Do you really want steak from a fucking airport, though? Well, it's better than the, the six-hour-old turkey sub I had. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fine. Whatever. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. So I'm back after my adventures in Toronto. Oh, boy. A. A? A. Actually, I will say that I did not hear one person say A. Did you I was hear, a little disappointed. Did you hear a boot? I, 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 I heard a boot a lot on the news. <laughs> that was very funny. Because every time I'd hear it, I'd go, oh, Canada. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was very interesting. That's good. The money up there looks like play money. Because <laughs> you're not really used weird. To it. Well, no, it's brightly colored, and it has a see-through section in the middle of it. It's really weird. I wonder. I wonder if they have better, like printing. Well, well, if they have if they have less. Uh, counterfeiting because of it because it would be I'd harder to replicate probably I'd say probably but they're like the UK they have like one dollar and two dollar coins and it's like that's a pain in the ass <laughs> it's like really can't you just give me paper money what are you dealing with paper money for why aren't you just like you know it look cool. corporate card and shit well, yeah, I did that too, but like there's personal stuff that I had to like, you know, no. pay out of pocket. So, you know, going to the Hockey Hall of Fame and stuff. <laughs> that should be part of your per diem. Well, it's not a per diem. It's just expense. Well, same thing. You got like, you got to account for for expense. Like companies, if, if companies are going to send you to a different country for work and mm-hmm. you can't work 24 hours, you have to have days off. They they should be paying you something so that you could like see some of the culture. Mm, no, that's not how companies work, Chris. 
That's how they should what, work, what, com- what company do you work for that has ever said, hey, here's some money to spend on your day off. Go have fun. Explore the culture. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think the world would be a better place if that's the way it was. The world would be incredibly a better place. However... <laughs> We work for corporate evil. Look, I don't I don't want to live in this world anymore. I want to live in a better one. And the only way that we can make it better is to change it. You mean in the nuclear wastelands? See, you're 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 thinking too negatively. I'm uh, not having much choice. <laughs> not having much choice. You know? See that way? That's the way it is. Speaking of wastelands, did you did you watch the new trailer that came out this week for Obi Wan? Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, it looks I, amazing. I mean, I love the fact that the Inquisitor and the second brother and all those people are in it, and it's gonna be cool. So, what do you? There's been a lot of um, there's been a lot of chit chat online about the look of the Grand Inquisitor. Um, because he is the the same race as the people that Obi Wan talks to on Utapau in Revenge of the Sith. I think it's the last one. Do you mean the banking coalition? Um. Well, oh no no no! I know who you mean. It's the actor who was also in Mad Max, Bruce Spence. Yes. So so and when the Grand Inquisitor has been in comic books and whatever else they've had him in, he's had a very elongated head, and this dude mm-hmm. looks a little mushroom headish. Okay. Um. So there there's been some backlash online about Disney not even paying attention to the canon that's come before it. And there's been there's been other things that they've put out there of like, you know, this is what this character looks like in live action here. And now it's going to look like this in live action here. Well, yes and no. Live action and animation are different things. Right. Because people are like tearing apart the the uh, the appearance of. Uh, Cad Bane and he wasn't blue enough right it's like really that's what you're going to dwell on well and they bitched about they bitched about Ahsoka Tano and um, her head tails were not as big as they were right and it you know that is a that is a production thing of like they don't move right if they're that big in live action so you know we're making we're making it different so that it's easier to work with um, but when it is live action, the live action, and it is supposed to be the same species, you know, I think people are getting a little up in arms about things like that, especially like we've already seen that race. We know what that they can do with that. You know, is that a finished shot? Is, did they like do that for on set? And then like in the next two months, they're going to go back and like digitally change the dude's head. I don't know. Like, I don't have a problem with it. Like, I'm not one of those people that is bitching about it. I'm just wondering what your take on it is, because um, it it is different than what we've seen in established canon in live action. Uh, yeah. 
do you have a problem with? I mean, I think based on the character in Clone Wars, yeah, I think it's a good likeness of somebody in prosthetics. Okay. But I mean, in this day and age, um, they can do a lot. So it is a little weird that it would be that it's that it's not closer to what's been established, I guess. But there's only so far you can go. Well, I don't know. And and I don't maybe Bruce Spence was was the different was, you know, slightly different than because Bruce Spence has, you know, almost the the elongated cranium look. Right. But then if you go back into other of the uh Utapawans there, you know, some of them are more more human shaped heads, okay. some are more egg shaped. I I think that's a fact you just don't need to dwell on. No, and and you know the people who hate Star Wars most are the fans. Right. And right. so nothing is ever gonna make them happy. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I if you had told how old was I? Nine-year-old Chris that someday after Return of the Jedi would you get more movies, but you'd also get TV shows mm-hmm. and all these great characters would be in them. I'd be tickled. So like new Star Wars is great. I'm hoping this is as good as the other stuff that they've put out. And it looks phenomenal. I mean, every shot of that trailer looks amazing so oh yeah and they've they've brought back uh joel edgerton Mm -hmm. who's playing um uncle owen uncle owen and peru is the same actress as episode two and three yep so yeah i mean is that pernilla august i think so i think or is that shmi or is that shmi i don't know whoever played amperu that chick but it's great to see Obi-Wan back and like, it's interesting that the idea of him not staying on Tatooine that entire time mm-hmm. and going off on adventures and kind of like leaving Luke there, um, you know, and I guess there's now talk of this was only supposed to be a one and done, but right. Can they get people back to do a second season? And so, if it's big enough, they'll fire the money cannon. Well, yeah. And Amperu was Bonnie Peace. Bonnie Peace. Okay, so she's yes. she's coming back. Oh, um, good. But yeah, I mean, I know that there's also been a lot of Hemin and Han online that we just were on Tatooine for an entire um, TV show, and now we're going back and. Yeah. You know, but again, don't, people don't are watch it. I know. Don't watch it. I, hey, I get it. That's all there is to it. I get it, man. 
Quit your bitching. But we have to report both sides of it. We do? Yeah, to be unbiased. Oh. I think we should only only report on my opinion. <laughs> okay? Okay. Fine. Be that way. Whatever. I, I think that would be best for them. <laughs> our listeners. <laughs> our faithful few. Okay. Anyway, it looks amazing. Anyway, I can't wait it to does. see it. It does. I, I mean, I love the shot of young Luke Skywalker on top of the, the domed uh, house of Uncle Owen kind of playing with his Skyhopper. Okay, so so let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. That particular shot of the homestead. Yeah. Did it look out of proportion to you? It, it, I didn't really pay attention to it. Because I went back and I looked because that's one of my favorite sets of Star Wars is the homestead and the little, you know, the little things sticking up. And then you've got the you've got the black um, round charred bodies. No, no, (laughs) those come later. (laughs) No, but there's, there's the black round like power station thing that's buried to the one side. And then you have the um, the crater where the actual homestead is, and in this and in and in the shot that they showed in the in the trailer, it always seemed in other movies and stuff that the the power generator thing and the the crater is bigger than what they showed in the TV show. Oh yeah, I yeah I see that. You know what I mean? Like like there's something that that. It looks like the homestead, but it doesn't. Right. To me. And I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they well, just maybe, didn't have time. I don't know. Or maybe it wasn't at, did we see it in, when did we see it before episode three, four? Episode two. Was it in episode two? Yeah. They spent a lot of time in, in episode two there. Because that's when Shmi died. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yep. And so, like, they actually went back to the location and rebuilt everything and whatever. And I know that, like, you know, it's a budget, there's a TV show, whatever. It just felt like for an iconic location like that, it f- it feels off to me. Yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't look that big. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was that big. I don't know. Uh, you know, looking at a behind-the-scenes shot of New Hope. Yeah, am I wrong? It looks it looks kind of close. Okay. I, it always felt like the ins the the what is supposed to be the inner part of the homestead that Luke goes over to and looks down into Mm -hmm. looks a lot bigger than what the, the crater looks like in these shots. It to me, it should be both of those craters kind of combined. Well, maybe it's like the TARDIS. It's bigger on the inside. Yeah. (laughs) But I do see what you're saying. If you look at like the, the, the down shot into that crater, you know, it's got two moisture evaporators in it, and it's got all the little, you know, Barba Papa windows. <laughs> Look it up, kids. Barba Papa. 
I don't know. I it was just one of those things. I, at first, as and it like again, it looks amazing. It the the moisture evaporators also look a little too big to me. But that could just be me too. Mm, yeah. Again, if you're you're deliberating over those particular. Well, that just shows you how big of a fan details. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, come on, man. Yeah, I mean, it does look there's there's one shot of Luke looking into the crater and Aunt Beru is down below and she it looks quite large. Right. And the moisture evaporators are probably four times her height. Okay. Who knows? Who knows? You think that we'll get a shot of like Luke going up to um, Shmi's grave and like wondering, wondering who she was? Mm. It's your grandmother. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, looking, I'm looking at a picture too of the homestead from episode two, and there are two, there are two craters there. Yeah. There's a bigger one and a smaller one. So maybe, maybe it's just, maybe it's just my eyes. Well, or the shot. Or, or the shot. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are lenses that can make things look smaller than they actually are. That's true. So. I think you're fine. Okay. I think you're fine. Um, yeah, but this this series looks really amazing. So much cool stuff that's going to happen. I mean, and they don't even show you like Darth Vader and right, like any of the other cool shit that they've talked about. So I'm very interested to see where they go with it. Mm-hmm. I hope they, that they bring back uh, Black Chrysanthemum so that they could show that fight to where he gets the scar over his eye. Oh, maybe. Because that would, that would be a cool, like, through line. You know, you introduce this character that's got all this rich history, and then you turn around and you so, show part of that history. I thought you said rotisserie. Rotisserie? You put him on a rotisserie? Yes. All of that. They have all of this rotisserie. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of meat on a Wookiee. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> Actually, there's very little because it really is all hair. <laughs> very, you know, it's muscle. like it's like when you shave a shave a poodle and you're like, "What the fuck is that?" Or did you ever see a, an owl without its feathers? No, I looked that up. It's frightening. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Exciting. Uh, yeah. Exciting. Yeah. So this week I watched a bunch of movies. You did? I did. Oh, what'd you watch? We watched Free Guy. Okay. On Disney Plus. I which, have not watched it yet. Which is really good. It's really well done. Yeah. Um, If you play video games, there's a lot of like in stuff to it. Okay. Lots of stuff in the background that they were paying attention to. Um, It feels a little Lego movie. 
to me. Oh, okay. Um, and like the first five minutes of the movie is could have been lifted straight from the Lego movie. Um, oh. But I mean, it's an original story and stuff, and the way that it plays out, and it's it's really good. It's yeah. Ryan Reynolds and um, Sean Levy, I think that's the dude. That name? the kid? No. Yeah. That's the director. Oh. Well, my friend Mark Laner plays the guy who can't put his arms down. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's got he's got a couple of like decent close-ups and stuff in that. Yeah, he he became a meme too. Nice. Yeah. You know you've hit it big when you become When you a meme. become a meme. That's right. So, yeah, Sean Levy directed it. He also directed um the other movie we watched, which was The Adam Project, which is okay. on Netflix. Um yeah. which is a it's a lot of fun. It's um it's very much a popcorn sci-fi like mid 80s Spielberg film. Okay. Um, the, the kid in it is, is really good. He's he, Okay. I mean, it's in the trailer, so I'm not spoiling anything, but yeah. he's, so Ryan Reynolds comes back to his like 12 year old self. And so the kid has got to act like Ryan Reynolds mm. and he does a really good job of it. And apparently he was a huge Deadpool fan whose audition for this film was reciting like monologues of Deadpool oh, cool. as Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. So apparently he did really well. And like the movie's really good. It's um, yeah, it's very touching. It's got one of those weird through lines. Like, like when we watched it, I was like, Oh, this is going to be a cool sci-fi film. And then it like whips a life lesson on you. Oh, okay. And you're like, wow. Okay. So, um, I don't want to spoil it, but um, there was a there was a movie that Disney put out called Meet the Robinsons. Yes, that was it's not a great film. I wouldn't even say it's a good film, but there's this through line in it that is directed towards who's watching it of like, keep moving forward. Like, even Mm -hmm. if you fail, keep moving forward, keep trying. And this has a message that's similar to that, but for, like, middle-aged people. Okay. So, it hit me in a way that I was not expecting when I was watching it. And Hmm. and so, it was... it's, It's a very poignant movie. Like... When I was a kid and like the t- my two favorite movies growing up were Star Wars and The Last Starfighter. Mm-hmm. And when you look at those two movies, there's a very similar idea of there's a there's a teenager who doesn't want to be where he is and gets an opportunity to show the things he can do. Okay. And so when I was a kid not wanting to stay in New Jersey and not wanting to to be on a path that had been laid out before me. I, I identified with, and this has a very similar message of like being in my forties and being in like a midlife crisis of like, this is something that I can really relate to. So Hmm. I don't know. It's, it, it was very interesting. I, like I said, it hit me in a way that afterwards I was like, I need to go think about this because I was not prepared for this today. Right. So, Interesting. Yeah. 
Interesting little Ryan Reynolds film fest. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like Ryan Reynolds, so. Sure. Even though he he is one of those guys that pretty much plays the same dude and everything. Yeah. He's still fun to watch. And, okay. You know. So, and I guess Sean Levy, who also, he directed Free Guy, and then he directed The Atom Project, is now going to be directing Deadpool 3. Okay. So I guess him and Ryan work really well together. Well, that's always good. And then last night we watched um, the new Pixar movie on Disney Plus called Turning Red. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. So did you see it? I have not watched it yet. You are not the demographic, my friend. (laughs) Oh, like everything else that... Disney no. has put out in the past six years. You are not a 13-year-old girl. Which is the demographic of Raya, which is the demographic of Soul, which is the demographic of every L- princess movie. Okay, but... Encanto. But, but... And while, I, while I agree with you there, uh-huh. this is a metaphor about females going through puberty. Ooh. Turning red is more than just oh, the that's panda. Gross. Oh, gross. <laughs> no, that's not true. Yes, it is. It is not. Yes. No. So there we we happened to go over to friends of my kids' house last night, and there are two there are two boys. One is my daughter's age and one is a couple of years younger. And the boys hated the movie. Yeah. And I said to my daughter, did you like it? And she was like, yeah, I absolutely loved it. And I was like, well, that is because you are the person that they're making this for. They're making it for young girls who might not understand what's going on, who, you know, they're equating it to this big life change of becoming like this big red panda. Right. And there's this you know, the whole thing of the movie is accepting who you are and what has been given to you. And Hmm. so it is not for you. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) All right, then. If you know, if you want to watch it for the, for the animation style or whatever, that's one thing, but it's not turn off, turn off the volume, Uh, come up with my own dialogue. Yeah, probably. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, we were watching it and there there is there's a direct reference to girls getting their periods and and um, pads and, you know, change. Yes, I swear. No. (sighs) Yes. There is an actual section of the film where the mother is hiding outside of the school because she wanted to make sure her kid had enough pads that prevent her from becoming no that's got nothing to do with it what yeah yeah. no yeah it's it's weird man oh my god and so so they got to that point and you know the two young boys that that were in the room when we were watching this movie stuck their heads up and turned around to their mom and was like what does that mean and you know their mom was like don't worry about it just keep watching the movie Mm. so yeah not 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 the demographic for this movie. Wow. 
According to USA Today, Turning Red tackles female puberty with an Asian cultural spin. Yes. Yep. I think I think the writers had to figure out a way to work in the panda. <laughs> and so that you they don't were think like, there was a movie about a panda that they just decided, hey, <laughs> let's do this. I don't know, man. It, no. It's it's yeah, it's very much not. The Irish Times call it turning red, a period drama of a very different hue. Well, it's weird because it takes place in 2002. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's 2002 Canada. Pixar's latest tackles puberty and menstruation to make enchanting entertainment. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to see the sequel. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so, so go to Internet Movie Database and type in Turning Red. And scroll down to the photos. Uh oh, turning right here it is. Okay. So there there's there's okay. four photos. You see the second yep. one with the woman behind the tree? Yeah. That's where her mother's like trying to get her attention in school because she wants to make sure she's got enough pets. Mm, okay. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, you know, I mean, maybe it's a good thing. I'm no. Sh- I, look, it's a it's a weird thing to be like taking something that every woman experiences and turning it into this weird thing where the mother and the father are trying to get rid of the panda like you know and then the daughter has to accept the fact that she's got this curse I mean they call it a curse they call it an inconvenience they call it a couple of things and like at the very end she's like no this is who I am so this is this is gonna be me but like all the adults are like oh this is terrible that this has happened to you and it's like but if it's a thing about becoming a woman and getting your period like that's a weird message to kind of like put out there. And uh yeah. So I I don't know. I mean it was written by Asian women, so I don't know. Okay. Maybe in the Asian culture it's like you know, it's, you have a big party. Uh, what to try to get rid of it? I don't know. No, to celebrate it. <laughs> Interesting. So, so, okay. Yeah. Okay. I would say you could probably skip turning red unless you really want to see it. Mm-hmm. Now I kind of feel like I have to. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you, you played it up so well. I'm not playing it up, man. I'm just, uh, I'm just letting you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. You know, you get in an hour into the hour and forty-five minute movie, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> And not in a good way. No. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm, All right. We'll see. So take that with a grain of salt. Whatever. All right. All right. 
Hey, we had another death from our childhood this week. We did? Yeah. Who? Luis from Sesame Street. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Poor Luis. He was 81. Didn't he play that character for like 40 years? Wasn't that some like uh, yeah, something ridiculous insane thing? Until 2016. That's more, is that more than 12, 45 years? 45 years, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. One of the first Latinos on TV who wasn't a maid or a housekeeper or a gardener. I met him once. Did you? Yes. It was it was one of those awkward moments. Almost as bad as when I met Keith Carradine. <laughs> no, David Carradine. <laughs> I would it was my first job outside of college. I was working as props master at this little theater. And we were doing the importance of being earnest. And one of the women in the cast knew Emilio, the guy who played Luis. Mm-hmm. And I come back after the show to the green room and he's sitting there and he must have seen my jaw drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but he was very kind. He was a very nice guy. It was just, oh, my God. <laughs> That's like, do you know Easy Reader too? Because <laughs> that would have that would have been like, you know, the best. Yeah. But you know, anyway. So yeah, eighty-one years old. So I played the character for forty-five years. Jesus, that's amazing. He started in nineteen seventy-one. I was six. I was negative three. I was the I was the demographic. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Um so I too watched some movies this week. Yeah. Well, I watched watch? a movie. Okay. I watched Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, okay. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that uh, I I really loved it. It's it's an amazing achievement of of bringing an entire legacy of movies together. Yeah. I mean, it, it hits all the nostalgia buttons, mm-hmm. you know, seeing these, ca- you know, the first time that Tobey Maguire shows up and then uh, Andrew Garfield, it's like, wow, they're, they're really doing this. They, yep. they have bought into it. They are doing this. It's like, all right. And the, the f- whole final battle where all three of them are going at it on the Statue of Liberty the fact that it's not just cameos the fact that oh yeah that they're in it for a good half of the film yes and then you know there's there's all these they recreate memes and they there's there's genuine humor between them and like the way that they were able to do it all and when you realize that what you've watched over three films was the origin story of this Peter Parker mm-hmm. and not, you know, we get one movie of an origin story for the other two, right? But they were able to build from the, and not even showing the spider bite, but like building it all up until you finally get the, with great power comes great responsibility line mm-hmm. just doesn't happen to be uncle Ben. Right. And like, 
this whole thing to get you to where Peter basically is in the comic books. Mm-hmm. You know, he's on his own. He's friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Nobody knows who he is. Yep. He's not part of any other group. He doesn't have this high tech suit. And it's like, this is the Spider-Man that everybody's been wanting. Mm-hmm. And it's like, holy shit, that is an amazing way to do it. Yeah, it was incredible. I, I'm upset that Aunt May died. <laughs> I was upset that Aunt May and Happy broke up first. <laughs> it's like, oh, poor Aunt May. What the hell? Aww. She breaks up with her boyfriend and then she gets killed? Damn. <laughs> that ain't cool. So the, the, the couple of problems that I had with Spider-Man was I didn't like the Ned thing with him having powers. Yeah. I felt like there something had happened, whether it be them having to rearrange um, release schedules or the pandemic or something happened to where they had to go back and figure out how to get the other two guys into the movie. And so they concocted this thing with Ned being able to open portals. Mm, I was like, okay, that's a little dumb. And then the other thing that I really didn't like is I wanted a huge battle with the villains. Yeah. I wanted them to be wreaking havoc on New York and Spider-Man having to stop it instead of we're going to try to cure you all. Yeah, that felt a little too uh, happy ending. Yeah. He's going to go back and he's going to cure the villains and But if they've all been peace. pulled out in the moment of right before their deaths. Right. Sending them back cured isn't going to solve anything. Right. They're still going to go back and die if they go back to the exact same point in the timeline. Right. So it's a little... It's contrived. Yeah, it's a little too touchy-feely for me. Mm. I would have rather them gone full out and, like, he's got to go back to Strange to be like, you need to help me. There's all these people running amok in downtown Manhattan now. Please help. Yeah. And then fight them together. I mean, I like the Statue of Liberty fight. I like the fact that they redeemed Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man with um, mm-hmm. Gwen Stacy. Yep. All that stuff. I really enjoyed that. I just didn't like them all in Happy's apartment with no? the cures. Mm. No. Did you see the 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 cut scene? still that was released of them all in the elevator going up to the apartment. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. I've seen that. I mean, I thought they did a really good job of the storytelling. Um, the way they, they pulled all these storylines and it's like with every Marvel movie, it's like there's these threads over the past, you know, what is it? 10, 15, 20 years of movies yep. that suddenly come together. Yep. And it's like, that's pretty amazing that they're, you know, they're still keeping that. Now they're saying that the new Doctor Strange is going to be even better. It's like, all right. Yeah. I mean, they're, but they're having the one up themselves and I don't know for how long they can do that. Well, as long as DC keeps making crappy movies, (laughs) you know. Well, yeah, but 
I mean, at some point they're not going to be able to do that. At some point they're going to have to be like, well, these, this is a smaller <sighs> type film. Yeah. It's not going to have the high stakes that you're used to. I mean, well, I think they kind of, they've kind of done that with the, the Disney plus shows. Uh, yeah. But the movies, the movies are their bread and butter still. And I think, sure. I think before as, as things like, where do you go after Dr. Strange? If it's going to be so much better, like this was way better than stuff that they've done in the past. And right. they're going to elevate it to an either, even higher height. How do you elevate it again past that? they're going to do is they're going to remodel every movie theater in the world <laughs> so that during a battle scene Doctor Strange falls from the state from, from the ceiling of the movie theater <laughs> you were in in live action there you go that would be amazing that would yes can they do it though I don't know <laughs> I don't know Along those same lines, though, yeah, um, I think we've talked about secret cinema before in the past. I think so. Um, they are doing a secret cinema Guardians of the Galaxy live immersive experience in London. Really? Yes. Tickets go on sale tomorrow. Okay. Uh, no prices are 47 pounds. That's really not bad. Okay. Um, doesn't say too much about what this is. Um, so it, I, I, I think it's something that, that Disney is just testing the waters on, but it's like, if you could do this and you could keep it at a 50 to $75 price tag, you know, cheaper than going to a Broadway show, I think you could make endless bank on just doing these kind of events around the country <laughs> that, you know, you've got, you find an abandoned, you know, uh, demolished building and you, you do the battle of New York in a real, you know, location that looks like a battleground. <laughs> I, you know, I think that'd be really cool. It'd be much better than a $6,000 hotel stay. Uh, yeah. Well, which is going up to $8,000. So, uh, so what I'm reading is this August at a secret location in London, summon the courage and join the infamous Ravagers. Mm -hmm. Choose your Ravager clan, dodge the Nova Corps, and set off on an action-packed adventure in search of galactic riches and interplanetary fame. Uh, with an awesome mixtape of funk and mischief, eye-popping space spectacle galore, you and your crew can enjoy the thrills of Contriac? Contraxia? Contraxia. Contraxia. Brave the dangers of of the kiln and then hustle, smuggle, and bribe your way around in a quest on the lawless planet of nowhere. Mm -hmm. There is glory to be won, legends to be made, and a universe to be saved. Right. I mean, it sounds very cool. Doesn't it? Yeah. It's in August. <laughs> you can try to get tickets tomorrow. <laughs> You know, I'll be back in the States by August. You think you will be. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very cool. Yeah. Exciting. It's like, yeah, I like that shit. Because <laughs> they've done some really cool stuff with 
you know, A New Hope and Back to the Future and Blade Runner and I just don't know why it hasn't been done here in the U.S. Because we suck. Well, yeah, that's part of it. Because we would we would fuck it up somehow and like people would just complain about the whole thing. True. Even before like tickets were on sale, people yeah. would be bitching about it. Yeah. Remember Spider-Man Into the Dark? Or Turn Off the Dark, whatever the fuck that was called. The music, the musical. Yeah. Oh, that was a shit show. Anyway, <laughs> that was a shit show. They, the director, thought that she could have real life holograms appear in the audience next to the guests, <laughs> and nobody had the balls to say, "You're batshit crazy." <laughs> well, you know, when your Spider Men are falling from the sky. Yes. See, that's what you want to do with Doctor Strange. You want, I do want him to fall from the sky. <laughs> or to have Hulk leap into the audience. There you go. And wipe out cool. some people. Yeah. Yeah. These are these yeah. are Hulk smash seats. They're an extra thirty dollars. Yes. And and I believe I noticed that in Spider Man No Way Home when he's going through Times Square, there's a billboard for Rogers the Musical. Yes. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Yes. Um, I also watched the first episode of Picard. Did you? It started a little slow. Started a little slow. It starts with the battle on the bridge. Well, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> it's... Okay, so it starts off big, and then there's, like, this interlude. Yeah, well... They've got and to then catch you up on where stuff is. fantasy of him having a, a relationship with the the uh, ah, Spock's race. No, she's actually a Romulan. Oh, is she Romulan? But she didn't yeah. have the eyebrows. She. So talk about a character not looking like the characters looked like in the past. Well, okay, but they have they have established that not all Romulans look alike. Oh, some Romulans have the more. Um, pronounced. pronounced eyebrows. Some of them have like, like um, forehead ridges, like that they really did in like the next generation. Yeah. And so, and um, the homeboy that she was married to mm-hmm. had kind of like ridges on his forehead as a Romulan. Okay. Um, but he dies off screen apparently. Mm. Um, I, I. I liked it. I was surprised. Well, I don't know why I was surprised. I was kind of expecting the Borg to be revealed in the next episode. Okay. And then Q coming out after that. Because I want to... So, the Borg Queen is not... What's her name? Anna Krieg? Alice Krieg. Alice Krieg. Yeah. Um, Because I was waiting for that. Okay. And then it's like, oh, she's like all black, you know, like looks like she's from made out of tar. So, yeah, I mean, episode two delves a little bit more into things. Okay. Um, But yeah, there's a new kind of board queen that I think once you watch our episode two, we can talk more about it. Okay. Um, But. I think they're trying to. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything. 
once once you watch episode two, we'll talk about it. Okay. Um. But uh, so, what did you think of? So there's there's two there's two instances in the first episode where they deal with immortal races aging. Mm-hmm. One is the Whoopi Goldberg thing. Yep. Where in order to explain why she's twice the size she was and older <laughs> now, yes. she basically says, oh, well, that's just because people around here get um, uncomfortable when you don't age. So okay. I've allowed myself to age. Okay. And then you have the Q one. What did you think of the Q de-aged version? Um, I bought it for the most part. Okay. Um, I don't think they could have sustained it any longer than they had. No, it was the perfect amount of time. Yeah. They literally are like, oh, look, you've gotten old. Okay, let me, let me fix this. And so he snaps his fingers and he's back. And it's like, wow, okay. I mean, it's really well done for what they've, what, what they did. Mm-hmm. So I felt like it was totally justified. Yeah, I mean it was it was well done. I was I I enjoyed it. So I'm looking to see you know where this goes. How many episodes is this going to be? I think there's six. Hmm. Let me let me look it up real quick. Okay. Um. So they just actually um announced too that they finished season three really and season three is the final season okay um apparently it was always pitched as a three season arc okay uh so oh it's gonna be ten ten episodes of season two okay um so you've got nine more to watch Well, I definitely will. I mean, they've sold me. Season two has some really cool. If you're a Star Trek fan, it's got some really cool callbacks, man. Okay. Um, Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything for you. All right. That's fine. But it's. um, It's probably. Now, do you agree after watching like episode one of season two that this feels like the show that they wanted to make from the beginning? Yes. Like season one was expressly for the purpose of getting people to understand who the characters were. But this is where they wanted to go. It was Mm -hmm. it it was like, okay, we're going to do all this to kind of get everybody in place. Right. But this is what we're going to do. And. Like Picard is the head of Starfleet Academy. He's not just some old dude on a on a vineyard somewhere. Right. Like you got all these people that are now in these positions where you're like, okay, this is what makes Star Trek Star Trek. And this I've only seen two episodes of this season, but this could be my favorite version of Star Trek that I've seen. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean I was a big fan of next generation and I was a big fan of deep space nine. Um, okay. deep space nine. 
I really enjoyed because the last two seasons or three seasons, whatever it was, they went into a more storytelling approach where you had to watch the previous episode. Right. And there was an, there was an arc over the, the dominion war that you had to follow. And for, that was the first time sci-fi ever really did anything like that in a television setting. Mm-hmm. And so it was very cool to see, but like my f- original Star Trek is the next generation. I was, I had seen the original series, but it, even when I was watching it, it felt a little outdated. And so next generation was my real forte into the first, my first real forte in the Star Trek. Um, okay. but like if you, if you go back and you watch next generation, there's a handful, you could probably count on two hands, of like really good episodes. And then the rest are just okay, or some of them are downright terrible. <laughs> I mean, there's an episode in Star Trek Next Generation where the doctor falls in love with a ghost. My favorite will always be the episode where Otto. Odo? Odo. That's okay, so D Space uh, Nine. Oh. Is that what he was on? Yeah. Uh, has to basically shut down his form to, you know, recover, to rest. Yep. And he ends up, like, melting in Deanna Troy's mother's apron. Yep. It's like, oh, that's kind of sad, but kind of nice. Yeah, and, they're, they're you know. stuck in a turbo lift or something. Yes, and he can't, that's exactly what it is. He can't hold his form anymore, so he's like, I don't want you to see, and she's like, just do it. Just do it. Here's my lap. Yeah. <laughs> While you're down Come there. Come on. Make my lap wet. <laughs> Turn red. <laughs> Ew. Uh, yeah, anyway. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of bad Star Trek. And so I think this is giving them the ability to tell a really good story. Yeah. I mean, and when, when you compare it to new other new Star Trek, I mean, I don't watch any of the cartoon stuff. Yeah. So like lower decks and prodigy, I think is the other one that's out now. I haven't seen any of those, but like, so this I'm comparing this with Star Trek discovery. And Star Trek Discovery is just not on the same level as Picard. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this week's episode of Discovery, they go and they meet this species that they don't know how to communicate with. And it basically mm. turns into The Arrival, the movie that Denise Villeneuve oh. did. Yeah. Where there's these giant creatures and nobody knows how to communicate. They're doing it all through lights and scent molecules. And I was just like, yeah, this isn't Star Trek. I don't know what this is, but. <laughs> you know, whatever. Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's a great time to be alive. Again, if you had, told, if you had told me years ago that there'd be 52 weeks of Star Trek on a right. streaming service, I'd be like, get the fuck out. No, there's not. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a good time to be a sci-fi fan. Yeah. With all the shit that's coming out. I would agree. It's hard not to be excited. 
I mean, it is a little sad that like they won't have more than three seasons of Picard, but I mean, mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart's getting up there and true. I'm sure they can't like tie him into something for the long term because I'm sure insurance wise to insure somebody of his age over like a 10, 10 episode arc is probably crazy because mm. if he was to suddenly die right like that's your main character like what there's do you your do? yeah there you go you can't just replace him so you can't although I think it would be great to get Ian McKellen in <laughs> to, just, to replace him just act and like see, and not announce it yeah just act like it's it's normal of course he's always been Jean-Luc Picard yes I think that'd be amazing that would be very funny <laughs> be very funny or you find out that star trek has all been a fantasy and now you know the reality was that it was really a different actor the whole time (laughs) well they they kind of did that on deep space nine they did do you remember the episodes where um cisco has these has these visions of 1950s earth where he was a science fiction writer. No. Okay. So I, it was in the last couple of seasons. Okay. They, they did these things and it, it all tied into the prophets and, um, them testing him as the emissary or whatever. And so there's a couple where he wakes up and he's this, um, black writer in the fifties named Benny. And he creates these stories about the space station called Deep Space Nine, where there's a black captain. And it's uh, Rene Abogenois. Is that how you say his last name? Who's Otto? Who's Otto? Otto. Yeah. Yeah. They're all out of makeup. So um, they're just playing humans. And he won't publish a story because nobody in their right mind would ever publish a sci-fi story that has a black captain. And so there's all these underpinnings of racism and like, like at that point, Worf is on the show, but it's Michael Dorn out of makeup playing like a black baseball player. And they're like, but you don't get to like travel with the team. You've got to take your own. And so it's, it's, it's this look at like 1950s earth. Um, And then they expanded on that a couple of times to where like, Benny goes crazy and they lock him into like this mental institution because he's having these visions of the future and a black captain and like nobody will believe him. And it's, they're really, really good episodes, Mm. but it's kind of that same thing of like, you've got somebody that they think is delusional. That's that has is writing this, the story of star Trek. I may have to go back and check that out. Yeah, I don't remember what they were what they were called. Um, Deep Space Nine. The musical? Yes. Rene Aubergenois. 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 Who was also on Benson. Benson. Yep. Uh... I want to find the one 
it start? It's got to be season six then. Um, so the episode is called Far Beyond the Stars, and it's okay. in season six, episode 13. Um, and then they go back to it, I think, in season seven in episode two called Shadows and Symbols. I think that's the other one. Um, but you know, with, with Avery Brooks as the captain, uh, he wanted to, to explore some of that stuff. Um, cause there was a bunch of backlash when he was made captain. Right. About how can you have Star Trek with a black captain? And it's like, ugh, fucking white people, man. <laughs> I mean, the whole point of Gene Roddenberry's vision of the original Star Trek was having all of these different cultures and races on the bridge of the Enterprise. That's why you have mm-hmm. Uhura. That's why you have Sulu. That's why they made Chekhov. Right. And, like, that was the vision of Star Trek. And then people were like, a black captain? It's like, oh. We're so far from that future. Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> Good old Star Trek. Yeah. But yeah, I'm really enjoying Picard. I can't wait to see what happens. It, it's just another one of those things that, that pings on the nostalgia, but also, you know, delivers something that's going to take it further. Well, and it's, it's 10 episodes. The The next generation seasons were like 25 episodes long. Mm-hmm. And so they're able to tell a real compact story. And we've talked about this with Arrow and like the CW shows of like you get to seasons that long and you're just filling shit. Yeah. You're, you're, you're making content to make content. Yeah, you've got to make your obligated number of episodes so that you can get into your your syndication. And yep. a lot of times um, you lose quality. Yep. And so this now, you know, there is no syndication. It's all streaming. And now you can just tell whatever the fucking story you want. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to do Picard and the Borg because that was the most poignant episodes of the next generation. You know, there's that entire episode where he goes back to France and he's like dealing with his brother and it's like, you don't understand what they did to me. Yep. And so like now they've got seven on the show and seven is off former Borg and it's like looking at trauma and PTSD and all that kind of stuff. It's just like, it's a more compact way to do it. Mm hmm. So I'm, I'm excited. More Picard. (laughs) Yes. I think they should do a whole spinoff on Neelix. Oh God, no. No? No. Or what about a talk show with, with uh, Guinan? They already have that. 
<laughs> it's called the View. It's called the View, and then she like <laughs> she says the wrong shit, and then they suspend her. Yeah. It's all about man's inhumanity to man. It is. And then some. <laughs> oh, good times. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right. You got anything else for this week? Uh, we could talk about Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. Oh, well, then I'm done. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw the movie. I just know the song. Yeah. Best Disney song ever is what I hear. Yeah. And I don't get it because <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It It's not like a big show. Well, it, okay. It's presented as a big showstopper number. Yeah. But it's kind of choppy because it's also giving you some exposition. Oh. So it's like, I don't, you know, I don't understand how it's like, you know, the number one downloaded song. More than Let It Go? Yes. Oh. Yes. More than A Whole New World? Yes. Are they going to, so in the future, are are people going to be um, like walking down the aisle to We Don't Talk About Bruno? <laughs> I think that'll be like the exit music. <laughs> I think that when you're, as you're leaving the wedding, they'll be playing, we don't talk about Bruno. Oh, okay. Okay. Which actually sounds kind of fun. I don't even know who Bruno (laughs) is, so I'm not really sure. No? No. He's John Leguizamo. Oh. And he, is he like a major character in the movie? Uh, he's locked in the attic. (laughs) Oh. He's, he's the person that they don't talk about? Yes. Well, you don't talk about Bruno. But uh, uh, you can have this conversation with your daughter. <laughs> As, ask her to fill you in. It's okay. like, so what's the deal with Bruno? Okay. Because like all of the characters have gifts, except for the one girl. Okay. And she's trying to find her gift. Oh. And that's all I'm going to tell you. I don't want to spoil it because I know you're going to like you know watch it several times. Mm, sure. No. 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 Okay, so so Encanto is Disney animation and not Pixar, right? Yes. So do you think that Disney animation has surpassed Pixar animation, or do you think Pixar is still on top? Uh, I think the line is very blurred at this point. Okay. I I. You know, Pixar used to be a, a separate company, and then it was purchased, and then, um, whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, okay. Um, now it's just it's just a different Disney. I don't see the difference. Well, I mean, turning red is Pixar, right? Yes. Well, maybe that's why you you make the the really. Uh, controversial movies like Toy Story 4 and Turning Red and those are Pixar okay and then you do the the other ones as Disney yes okay yes I, I think can't, that's it I, I just looked at the cast list I can't watch Encanto why it's got Wilmer Val- Valderrama in it yeah he doesn't have a big part yeah so he's still in it yeah you don't like Wilmer no why 
I don't know. You guys it's, got a feud going on? Seems, Is there a feud we should know about? Seems like a douche. Well, yeah, I could agree with that. I mean, he's Handy Manny, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> he's Fez on yeah. that 70s show. Come he's on. He's Fez. And look at the career he has spun off of being Fez. Oh, man. Fez was the most annoying character in that 70s show. Yes. Do you think he'll be back in that 90s show? Probably. <laughs> I mean, wait. Before we go, let me click on his thing and just see. <laughs> Don't go clicking on his thing. Don't go clicking on his thing. <laughs> click, 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 click. No, click no, faster. No, no. Click harder. Uh, he's not listed to be on that 90s show. Okay. But I bet you he'll pop up. You think so? You think they'll start bringing up the other characters? You don't think it's a very special, a very special episode of that '90s show where Fez pops back in, no, and tries to hit on you know Foreman's daughter. daughter. No, they think that Danny Masterson should do that. Well, yeah. Damn creepy. Mm Mm-hmm. Scientologist asshole. <laughs> Isn't he? Yes. Okay. Yep. <laughs> He's the one that uh like they hit him or whatever. For they a while. hid him? He, he he um they he took refuge in like the Scientology. Oh, building, okay. Okay. And they wouldn't tell the cops where he was or whatever. Mm. So just so you know, the the that 90s show cast list includes Laura Prepon and Topher Grace in at least one episode. Well, don't they have to drop off their daughter? I guess that's what they're doing. Yeah. You don't think like Tanya Roberts may appear? Oh, she's dead. Oh, isn't she's she? dead. Yeah. Well, there you go. What if she does appear? <laughs> that would be kind of awesome. As a ghost in the background. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, well, I can't wait for the 90s show where like, you know, it spins like it's a bunch of little kids getting high. Yeah. You know, that'll be great. That'll be good television. But now it's legal, so that doesn't matter anymore. I guess. You know, maybe they'll be doing coke in the basement. <laughs> Here, take a snort of this. Grandma, do you have a mirror? Oh, God. Yeah. Anyway. All right. There it's a we weird go. place to leave it, but okay. Down the black hole. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. Come on. Come on. Something. Uh, And they shot an episode of The Equalizer here in the 80s.